It's the afternoon cruise. I'm chatting with Billy Stritch. He's making his way to town to play on Crooners on Thursday night, doing a solo show titled A Musical Night Out with Billy Stritch. Billy, thanks for taking some time to chat with Jazz88. Well, Sean, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. How are you? You know what? I'm, I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm having a good week, and I had a sick kid today, but I had a, a mother-in-law and a friend who was helping, so I can still be here and chatting with you, and that's a good thing for all involved. Great. I love it. Thank you. Now, you are best known for your work supporting some of the biggest names in the world of music, and I often find that folks who have that on their resume deliver the goods unbelievably well when they're just on their own. With you having been at the piano bench alongside so many great artists from the world of music, what has that taught you about what you do when you're all on your own, like you'll be at Crooners on Thursday night? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Um, You know, I have a unique perspective when I'm sitting at the piano accompanying people because I can kind of watch the audience and I can see how they relate to the audience and how they, uh, you know, are spontaneous and in the moment. I think that's the main thing that carries over into my own uh, solo performances, just learning to be in the moment, uh, not to have it feel like it's too planned. I mean, of course, the set is planned. But, you know, the talking can change a little bit. I mean, I tend to be very spontaneous with my storytelling. And uh, um, I I found that that's what the audience really responds to is when they feel like it's a unique performance that's, you know, just something that they're getting in the moment. And I think that's what some of the best entertainers do. It's the Afternoon Cruise. I'm chatting with Billy Stritch. He's coming to town doing a solo show at Crooners on Thursday night titled A Musical Night Out with Billy Stritch. Now, Billy, as you're working on a set, and I know you're leaving enough spots to sort of answer to the moment and follow the crowd, it seems like you got to do this combination of playing the hits, but also introducing people to some song that you know about from your travels, from your knowledge that maybe the audience doesn't know about. Do you do some work in terms of pacing to make sure you're hitting those important tunes that you know are going to put a smile on the audience's face, but also creating some moments for musical discovery? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I learned a long time ago that, uh, you know, for every song that you do for yourself, and that might be obscure and it's something you want to share with the audience because they haven't heard it you really have to do one that is more familiar because you don't want the audience to have to think too much about every single song um you know you want to leave spaces where they can just relax and enjoy the music and appreciate the interpretation of something they've heard before um so but you know that is one of the hallmarks of the shows that i do is i really try to discover and present uh more obscure music but stuff that tells great stories and the lyrics are uh you know i i feel like i'm at a point now i really like it and it's it's uh it's met the uh uh all the the requirements for me that i think uh you know, I'm pretty sure the audience is going to go along with me and, and enjoy it, or at least appreciate it. As somebody who does have a reputation for, you know, sharing some new stuff as well as playing some classics, would you venture a suggestion as to either a song or a writer who might be one of the most criminally underappreciated parts of the Great American Songbook? Well, you know, that's interesting you say that. I mean, I'm in this show that I'm doing on Thursday, Crooners, um, I'm touching on a lot of different varied composers. Um, you certainly couldn't say that the Gershwins are underappreciated, but uh, I am doing a couple of songs that probably people won't know so well. Mm. I'm also featuring a couple of songs by Peter Allen, who I really do think 
uh, doesn't get the appreciation that he should um, at this point. You know, um, certainly I loved him in the 70s and 80s and the 90s, uh, but he just is such a fabulous writer. And I think his music deserves to be heard by a broader group of people. You know, outside of that, no one's really coming to the top of my head. I always like to um, present Cy Coleman's material mm -hmm. because even though some people would know the songs, they might not necessarily know the songs from the shows or necessarily who he is. So, um, you know, I always like kind of like to dig deep within these catalogs and find material that uh, is kind of unusual or new. That's, that, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, and one thing I love in the world of radio is also having those moments where you go, we're going to play songs you don't know from artists you do know, which I always feel is kind of a goldmine of going, here's some familiarity. You know you know how this person sings. You know how they play saxophone. But you don't know what they did when they went into the studio with X person in the mid-1970s and went a really different way. So uh, that, that combination uh, can be really, really satisfying. Now we're going to listen to a performance after we're done talking here of you doing the tune That Old Feeling. Can you talk a little bit about that tune and your connection to it? Well, it's actually a medley of that old feeling and it goes into um i thought about you uh and you know they're both songs that i you know they're they're from the the 40s um and i think they evoke a really wonderful kind of simpler time in music uh, i'm a big fan of, of of movie musicals and old films and uh something about the lyrics kind of feels like a movie to me it's from an album that i did in 2020 right at, in the first few months of the pandemic and it's just me and the piano, which uh, is different from the other albums that I've done, but it was something that I'd always wanted to do. And that's actually how I'm going to be presenting uh, myself Thursday at Crooners, just me and that fabulous nine-foot Steinway grand <laughs> piano. Well, Billy Stritch, it sounds like we're really in for a treat on Thursday. Again, the show is called A Musical Night Out with Billy Stritch. We'll be listening uh, to that medley of yours. Uh, but I do want to, uh, if, if it is not too raw of a topic for you, um, I know that the world is mourning the passing of Tony Bennett, but I also know that that's some person that you did some actual traveling with. Do you have any recollections of your time working with Mr. Bennett or any memories you want to share with our audience? And I just really want to give you that space if you go, nah, man, I, I lost somebody. I, I'm not ready no, to talk no, about this. I, you know, I, you know, at the age of 96, almost 97, uh, as sad as, as it is to lose Tony, you know, it's not, you know, you, you have to celebrate the right. 70 plus years of uh, that he was really making great music. And so it's... Uh, uh, as I said, it is sad, but it's not totally unexpected. And the legacy he leaves is amazing. I spent almost a year, you know, 50 shows actually by count. And it just came at a wonderful time in my life. It was very much a surprise. And uh, we traveled to Europe together and all over the country. And one great memory is uh, I, I looked at the calendar at the beginning of 2017 to see the upcoming dates. And I was delighted to find that we were going to my hometown of Sugarland, Texas, which has gone from a little town to like over a hundred thousand people. And there's a, uh, at the time it was a brand new, um, you know, um, a concert hall that he was going to be playing. So I mentioned to Tony's road manager that it was my hometown and he gave me all these comp tickets so I can invite my, my, my family and all my friends and really, you know, have everybody to the show. And on the plane ride going down, Tony said to me, oh, I, we're going to your hometown. Your mother's going to be there. And I said, yeah, she goes, I would love to sing a song for her. And uh, so he suggested singing All the Things You Are. And we worked it out on the sound check. 
and I was thrilled. And then we got to do the show and we were kind of getting to the end of the show. And I thought, well, maybe he's forgotten to do it. And just in the nick of time, he said, oh, this is your hometown. Uh, your mother's in the audience. I'd love to sing a song for her. So he sang the song. I mean, what a great memory. And then, of course, everyone got to he got to he met everybody after the show and mm-hmm. really took time and made me look great, by the way. <laughs> um, it was it's an incredible night, incredible memory out of a bunch of memories. But that's the one that really jumps into my mind. And I'll miss him. And I'm so happy I had the opportunity to work with him. Well, Billy Stritch, I appreciate you sharing that memory of Tony Bennett with us. Looking forward to the show on Thursday night over at Crooners, a musical night out with Billy Stritch. Uh, We'll go into that medley that starts with that old feeling, and we'll catch you on Thursday night. Thank you for chatting with Jazz88. Uh, So nice to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to seeing all music lovers and people I know and new friends on Thursday at Crooners. I love Crooners, and I can't wait to perform there again. Thanks, Sean.